Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. From movies and video games to comic books and sci-fi TV classics, Salt Lake Comic Con celebrates all things nerd. And today on the program, we're talking about the gigantic pop culture fest that is coming to Salt Lake City in the next couple of weeks. It's called Fan X, along with trivia, cosplay, celebrities, and more. And joining me to talk about Salt Lake Comic Con on the Google Hangout today is Dan Farr. He is president of Dan Danfar Productions. He's also the founder of Salt Lake Comic Con, and he's here in the newsroom. And Dan, great to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for letting me be here. This is uh, this is a new experience for me to, to be a part of this. Well, great. I'm glad that you're here. Also with us, Tribune technology writer and pop culture icon himself, Vince Horiuchi. Vince, I don't, know, I... <laughs> I don't know about that, but thanks for having me. <laughs> and you, of course, are welcome to join our conversation today. What's the draw of Comic-Con for you? If you're planning to go this month or went last fall, tell us why. You can share your thoughts on uh, to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comments section right here at sltrib.com, or you can text us, and the number is 801-609-8059. Okay, my first question, very difficult, so answer carefully. Marvel or DC, Dan Farr. I, I've, uh, I, I have to say, I, I lean a little bit towards Marvel because we had uh, Stanley come visit us and and Lou Ferrigno. I, I mean, I know we had uh, Adam West and Burt Ward, but I just, uh, I, I'm a slightly Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Vince, do you want to register that before we Boy, get to move on? I got to tell you that I'm afraid to go into that fight uh, without yeah. coming out uh, unscathed. But I, I guess if I had a choice, it'd be a little bit DC. I kind of think that they have some characters that are a little bit darker, a little more interesting. I mean, the movies reflect that too. The Batman movies of I've thought have always been the best uh, comic book movies to come out so far. But uh, I'm that's as far as I'm going to go. Okay, okay, yeah, it's, now it's that we've got that close, out of the way. Close. Yeah, it, it, it's not an easy choice. <laughs> and not an easy choice, but one yeah. of the many that fans take very, very seriously when going to an event like Comic-Con. I understand that Salt Lake Comic-Con uh, 2013 was the largest first-year Comic-Con ever, ever held in North America. Uh, Dan, what took so long to bring Comic-Con here? Um, if the demand has been here, why wasn't it here sooner? Um, it it was one of those things that I think other groups bringing Comic Con in. Uh, it, it really took somebody that lives here to know that it needed to be here because I think the other groups that uh, look at doing this as kind of a traveling roadshow Comic Con, I think those people had looked at Salt Lake and they say, well, it's it's in the 30s as far as the market size. You know, we don't know how how good it would do there, and they're they're picking the bigger cities to do the Comic Con first. Okay, give us some context, Vince. Uh, this started uh, four decades ago or something down in San Diego. Yeah, it started in San Diego, and it started as a, a kind of a much much smaller than it is today. And that is, it was a very much a hardcore comic book convention that really focused on comic books only. And it took a long time. I mean, again, it started in the '70s, and as it grew, uh, it really just started to grow exponentially. Maybe in the last 15 to 20, well, 15 years or so. And then all of a sudden it became more of a pop culture oriented convention where it's not only just comic books but films, television, uh, music to even some extent, but it covers really all the gamuts of popular culture. And today, you know, San Diego uh, Comic-Con is the biggest convention I think in the world that's going on. And, uh, you know, you see 
studios from uh, all the major studios, all the major television networks who go to Comic-Con to show off their wares. It's very much a marketplace now for everything pop culture. And uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con, boy, for it to have this uh, accomplishment of having the biggest uh, first year Comic-Con, I think it was I think the fourth biggest Comic-Con ever in the United States last year, that's an amazing accomplishment considering uh, you know that uh, we have comic cons all over the country. Uh, for Salt Lake to do that well was an amazing uh, feat. Mm. Dan Farr, you're back with the fan experience. Uh, what's the difference between the fan experience and Salt Lake Comic Con as people knew it back last fall? It's going to be bigger. Um, it, uh, but I do tell people to think more in similarities than in differences. Uh, but the thing we did want to do with it is we wanted to expand our our horizons a little bit and try some new things and so you know like we have Mickey Dolan's from the monkeys coming and we've got the kid con area and we, we've uh, have a few uh, wrestlers and, and things like that so we're, we're just trying a few other things to see how the the fans respond to that but uh, ultimately we're not saying that we couldn't have some of that that type of thing show up again in September so really um, in a lot of ways it, it was kind of our excuse to throw another party. Uh, we didn't want to wait for a year and uh, so we decided to uh, to create the the, the uh, fan experience for, for that reason. You're expecting uh, tens of thousands, maybe up to a hundred thousand people to ex uh, attend the Fan X that's coming up. I, I'm curious on your take on why you think there are so many nerds here in Utah. Why do we love this? Any theories? Damn well, I, I, honestly, I I believe that there's this type of response in cities all across the United States, except for the cons that are there. They don't necessarily market to the pop culture. They, you know, they're they're more. Uh, and I I think we had this discussion earlier this week about it being uh, almost a subculture, rather than pop culture. And what we did is we we really showed Comic Con for what it is and reached a much broader group of people. You know, you don't have to be a professional cosplayer or you don't need to be a comic book collector to be able to go to Comic-Con and have a great time. I mean, the governor went and had a blast. So, I mean, if it just it, it is something that appeals to every everybody, but it's just other Comic-Cons don't necessarily get marketed that way. Hmm. Vince, your theories? Yeah, by the way, it was definitely a sight seeing the governor having snacks with Adam West and William Shatner last year. You know, I thought yeah. that was kind of unusual. But, you know, I think that I think we actually do have an inordinate higher number of, of uh, genre fiction fans here in in along the Wasatch Front than other cities of this size. I think a couple of reasons for that is because we do have, you know, I think larger families, we have a bigger number of families and of course for kids, you know, this kind of fiction, this kind of movie, this kind of uh, television show and, and comic books in general are of course uh, big with uh, younger kids but also, you know, you can also take a look at the fact that we have a large tech sector which of course the tech sector is a it, those kinds of people who work in technology companies I think are are very big with this kind of uh, fiction and this kind of popular culture. So I think we do have an inordinate number of, of high number of, of people who enjoy that kind of thing and uh, in addition to 
Dan and his people, you know, putting out a great convention and also uh, getting it out on social media and publicizing it really well, that adds to the fact that the numbers were extraordinarily high. But I, yeah, we do have a lot of people who love science fiction, fantasy, and horror here. Mm. Talking about the upcoming Salt Lake Comic Con event called The Fan Experience with Dan Farr, he's the force behind it, and Trib Te Technology reporter Vince Horiuchi. And if you'd like to join us with your thoughts and questions about the appeal of comic books and pop culture icons, why is Salt Lake Comic Con such a magnet? Send your questions and comments to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. Put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com. Or, of course, you can text us that number again, 801-609-8059. Celebrities are a big part of the celebration. And uh, I understand that you chased Nathan Fillion of uh, Firefly and Serenity fame. Um, Dr. Horrible sing-along. Um, what finally persuaded him that it was worth his time to drop by the Beehive State? Well, we, we uh, I think originally he had uh, concerns with with there being a conflict with the schedule, uh, filming schedule, and, and that uh, when we originally approached him, we heard that he wouldn't be able to make it for that reason, but I think his schedule cleared up that way, and so the timing of it, it, w it was, you know, it's almost like just perfect serendipity with the way it all worked out because we were um, wanting to get them and then when it finally came through that we could get them we uh, had it tied to the April Fool's Day jokes that we were running on the website and that was a lot of fun and people were, were having a kick with that and then we announced Nathan Fillion on April Fool's Day and then we even hashtagged uh, April Fool's jokes or something like that and uh, so people are like, okay, is this real? Is he really coming? Or is it just uh, uh, you guys play another trick? And if it is a trick, we're going to kill you. We're, we're going to kill you. <laughs> so, yeah. To put it bluntly. Yes. And so we knew uh, we had to scramble and really get up. No, we, we, we had him before we announced it. Uh, but um, it, it was something that it, it literally came together when, when the, it was all finalized and we were told that we can announce him was like five minutes before it went up at, towards the end of the day and uh, the fans blew up and it was just, it was just so fun because for me that that's my payday in all of this is I love to see fans have a good time and when they get so excited about the guests that are coming that's that's a payoff that, that's that's what I love I love to see it at the event I'm, I mean to me I'm just gonna watch people meet celebrities or watch people get their pictures taken with the cosplayers or to to get autographs from the artists that are there and, and you know you know just really just kind of take in all there is to offer yeah I mean getting Nathan Fillion was definitely a huge catch for Dan because he's probably I would think one of the top three draws for for a comic book convention like this I mean it certainly makes up for the fact that you know uh, Norman Reedus who plays Daryl Dixon on The Walking Dead had to cancel uh, due to filming conflicts because Daryl what you know once they Daryl is such a hot property on on The Walking Dead I'm sure that uh, when they announced that he couldn't make it to Comic-Con this year where there was this sort of collective groan of all the women along the Wasatch front who yes. were just you know just so disappointed but I think the moment that they announced Nathan Fillion was gonna come on uh, just a couple of days ago that he was gonna come on I think there was this collective cheers you were probably hearing throughout the valley as well okay. yes you're right on that and that you know the thing is is when you have a big guest like that and you know in our case we have several big guests is you 
you hate when there's a change in the schedule and you lose someone like that. And so after after Norman Reedus canceled, we put up a poll. We said, who would you who do you want to see? We asked the fans. We went straight to the fans and we asked them. And Nathan Fillion topped that list. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was perfect because he was the number one requested. And you know, I mean. He was he was ahead of some really big people like Chris Hemsworth or or Tom Hiddleston, you know the Avengers, um, and and you know that Nathan Fillion was number one requested, that just it, it played out so nicely. Mm. I, I've got a text here from Salt Lake City. Are there any more big names that have yet to be announced? I don't know if you want to uh, give us the the inside track on anyone. You've already got William Shatner, Edward James Olmos, uh, Adam Baldwin. Uh, we had an interview with Billy D. Williams here in the Tribune a few days ago. Um, any anyone else in the lineup? Let me say I hope so. Yeah, yeah I, come on, Dan. I, Go yeah, ahead. Come on, yeah. Dan. Come on, Dan. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and tell us. Well, I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to get people excited and then have it not pan out. So, so there are there are one or two other names of people that we uh, I, I feel are very close to getting, and I, I won't say that they're on board 100%, but uh, hopefully by early next week. But but you know, last time we didn't know that Stan Lee was going to come until the Tuesday. Before the event opened on Thursday, and you know, and there are some guests that hey, if they call us on Wednesday night and say hey, I want to be there tomorrow, we'll, we'll work them in. Hmm. So, okay, well, I hope yeah. you give Vince the inside track when it is confirmed. Yes. That's right. Um, Remember that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we yeah, I, I think we've had a little discussion of some hints of who that may be, Vince. So yeah, we'll we'll see if we uh, pull through on that. Yeah, and we'll definitely uh, write it up as soon as it happens. Yes. Again, uh, send your thoughts along to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google Plus or text us and uh, the number is 801-609-8059. Um, aside from the celebrities, you have a whole range of panel discussions um, about pretty much everything. Uh, the history of the sidekick in Batman and Robin, uh, uh, the psychology of superheroes, Doctor Who, pop culture's greatest villains. I mean, it goes on and on and on. How do you sort of um, find those topics that really engage people? And um, is that a core part of your mission at, at Comic-Con, is to sort of uh, to, to process and, and to theorize on all of the, the pop culture references that we love? Well, I, first thing I want to say, uh, um, the credit really goes to our team that uh, is putting together the panels, and we've got more than just a few staff members. We have people in the community that come out and, and spend time helping to come up with ideas. And then when we had those ideas, we actually took it to the Facebook page and to our website and asked people to, to give us feedback. because. Uh, one of the things with the name fan experience, we want to make sure it is that, and that's that has become our mission statement is to make sure we have one of the best fan experiences possible. I understand um, that you also have some how-to seminars. You have, um, you know, how to write a good comic book, how to sell that comic book. Um, how popular are those? And did anyone make a connection last fall of something that they heard at Salt Lake Comic Con and? They've broken through and, and they've made a, a place for themselves in the publishing world. You know, I haven't heard any specific stories where that's happened. Uh, you know, I have had uh, stories where people have been involved and they got new jobs or they got new opportunities that uh, have spun out of that. 
and I do know a lot of artists that came and have been more busy uh, since being involved in Comic Con. So there's, uh, I mean, even the celebrities. We've seen that uh, the celebrities that came to our event have have had some strong growth. Uh, I don't know how much tied to us, but like for example, Lou Frigno, he's a uh, we. Uh, Talked to him quite a bit about his Facebook and how, you know just gave him some pointers and then he's had his daughter come in and help him and his Facebook he he's got a really powerful Facebook now um, where before he came to our event he wasn't as focused on that as something being you know that that's important to him. Hmm. I was going to ask you how how the celebrities sort of feel about being put on display in this way. Uh, in some cases it's really just a job, the character that they are playing. Uh, or do they really get into it too like the fans do? Do they obsess over uh, the minutia that is in the roles that they're playing? I, I would say that, you know, it's kind of funny. William Shatner, for example, I, I think most of us recall the Saturday Night Live skit that he did years ago when he was asked to speak at a Star Trek convention and he tells the the fans to get a life and you know he's like what's going on but he really he embraces these comic cons and mm -hmm. I had the opportunity I was in New York City uh, helping out with one of the managers and, and the celebrities that he had and William Shatner was one of those celebrities and I spent I had two I had dinner with him twice and I think we all know that William Shatner has plenty of money from his investments and different things and I I asked him I said why do you do this you know you could be home riding your horses or doing whatever why do you come to these events and he really does feed off of the excitement of the fans it's something that that is rewarding to him and many of the other celebrities that I I've got to know through this process it's the same thing it, it is you know they they do make money at the events it is they are selling their autographs and they do sell photo ops and they do keep track of how much they make it, it, it is something that they're you know I, I don't want to make it sound like it's 100 percent of non-commercial because it is a commercial opportunity for them. That's what brings them into the city. But it is something that they really do feed off of that energy of the fans and they, they love the fans to express their appreciation for the body of work that they've they've been a part of. I think one of the differences too you know between when William Shatner said uh, get a life in the 1970s to yeah. today is you know I think it's you know a lot of stars re now recognize it's it's actually pretty cool to be in a you know science fiction or fantasy or horror television series to be popular because of something like that you know genre one of these genre properties and uh, it you know I think they now understand it's cool it's it's frankly hip and also you know they really connect with fans uh, I think on a warmer better level with with genre fans who love these things I mean yeah they can get a little crazy but I think they they recognize the warmth uh, the reception that warm reception they get from these kids I mean uh, Will Wheaton for example who used to star on Star Trek Next Generation uh, you know at first he was kind of hated but when he started he then started growing this reputation as a guy online who really was into sort of nerdy things like board games and and he's really become a huge icon in that world as well as George Takei of course the same thing I mean I think now they recognize this is really a, a cool world to be in speaking of that world I mean a lot of people don't just attend they make it an immersive experience and of course I'm talking about cosplay uh, for those who don't know what it is Vince define it well cosplay is where 
you know, these attendees, these fans, go to the convention dressed up in the costumes and makeup of their favorite characters. And that can be from anything. It can be from books. It can be from comic books. It can be from anime, television shows, anything. I mean, I've seen all kinds of video game characters are a really popular form of cosplay. And these guys will go to huge extent spending a lot of money where they will, you know, get these costumes, get professional people involved if they can to seamstresses to make these costumes. My wife spent a good week making a Teen Titans costume for my oldest daughter for last year's Comic-Con. I see amazing costumes across the uh, the spectrum and it's really I think half the reason why people go to Comic-Cons is because they it's an opportunity for them to dress up, show off their costumes. It's like a three-day Halloween experience except it's not in in the dark at night. You actually get to see everybody's costumes. Hmm. far, I mean, Cosplay 101, how, how do people create these great costumes? Any, any advice or tips? Well, uh, obviously, uh, I think the people that are into that are, are very creative people. And I, I was having a discussion with somebody just um, uh, last night talking about what, what I think is the difference with the type of people that attend these conventions. And I really feel that people that attend the conventions are they're very creative. There's that creative urge within them to, to make something or to be a part of something. That's why I think that they become so immersed in such big fans of sci-fi or fantasy or any of the these genres that people follow is because they are they are creative. They, they're, they're really work, working in that part of their brain that allows them to see more when they watch one of these movies or read a read one of the books or the comic books they're they're pulled into it and so when I see the cosplayers um, I mean really it's you can you can buy a costume and be just as have just as much fun as somebody that made it but I think the people that, that actually take the time spend months and sometimes even years creating some of these costumes I, I think for them it's much more of a payday when everybody wants to stop and take their picture and I, I'll tell you this if you do wear a great costume to to fan experience just plan on getting your picture taken most of the time. You're going to try to walk around and see the see the uh, event, and you're going to get stopped every minute uh, to get your picture taken. Yeah, so. I think one of the great things about about Comic Con and cosplays is because this is a place where you know these kinds of people can go dress up whoever they want. And no matter how obscure, and if they obviously did it anywhere else at work or anywhere else, they would be looked at as kind of weird. But here, it's a collective group of people who all share the same experience, wanting to show off their costumes, and they're really embraced. I think this is a community that re they really embrace each other for the different kinds of costumes that they do and how they look. And that's one of the really great things about going to a Comic-Con is you can go as whatever you like, or you can go as yourself, and uh, you know everyone's going to love uh, what you look like. Can we switch gears and talk about the economics of Comic Con? Um, you mentioned earlier. I, I'm trying to remember who mentioned it, but uh, something about San Diego. It must have been Vince talking about uh, the origins of Comic Con and how it has become a magnet for uh, the creative industries. A lot of movie studios show up there. Um, maybe some deals are done. I, I'm just curious. Are, are are you anticipating to see some of that here in Salt Lake, uh, Dan? If we continue to have the attendance that we've had at these events, if we continue to grow, that's it's it's going to happen. I mean, we we already have some of the the movie studios 
sending some promotional materials here. We uh, are doing some trailer screenings and may even have some special screenings uh, that get worked out uh, with them in the last minute here. But um, people are taking notice of Salt Lake and, and uh, as Vince said earlier that there really is there's something special about people here in Utah. When, when uh, the big movies come out we often will lead the nation in the theater, the theatrical attendance, you know, the box office weekends and uh, really is. There is something special here and if we can show numbers that continue to be this recognizable then the Salt Lake will become one of the places that uh, the TV series or the, the movies that they'll, they'll want to debut it because the timing of it it's good too. I think, think uh, you know being able to obviously they look forward to San Diego but if they can have if somebody at different times of the year they can do a uh, promotion around their movie or around their television series it's going to play really nicely into that. Yeah, particularly you know, in this, uh, if you have a spring event like this, I mean, mm -hmm. movie studios, if they're interested, they can start promoting their summer blockbusters, which of course are really geared toward comic book hero movies and genre movies. So, I mean, something like that could potentially happen. Of course, if you have something in September, that could help studios promote their movies for the Christmas season, which are very similar to the summer season too. So, yeah, the the potential is there. It, I think it it's going to be kind of a little difficult because San Diego owns that arena. It's also demog or, uh, geographically a little bit easier because it's only an hour away from Los Angeles, so the studios can just make that trek down there. But definitely if Salt Lake City gets big, I mean, it could be a, a, an area where they could look at it and say, hey, you know, we could, we could really start showing off our wares there. Dan, though, do you think that's a good thing? Because I hear people, um, especially in reference to Sundance Film Festival, how it's sort of become corporatized and it's all about money and making deals instead of about the artistry. I mean, do you think that uh, uh, this this financial interest will somehow be a distraction from the core fandom, right? Well, I, that's always a fine balance there because I know that in San Diego, the uh, the hardcore comic book people are very frustrated that it's become this pop culture convention and where we started out we we embraced pop culture from the beginning so we want it, you know we want it to be about pop culture and we feel that people getting a chance to have a sneak peek of a popular movie or being able to you know the other thing that's nice about the studios is they'll bring out a lot of other celebrities that we maybe wouldn't have on our docket normally that they would bring out for that. So I, I definitely feel that uh, it's going to be, you know, there's there's always pros and cons with everything that happens, but I do feel that uh, overall it's going to be a much better uh, situation when the studios really throw their weight behind what we're doing here. Mm. We've only got a couple minutes left, but I'm curious about um, the lessons that you learned last fall. How how are you sort of changing things up a little bit with the fan experience? Are there things that um, attendees will notice? They will. First of all, we've expanded the convention floor. Uh, before mm -hmm. we had about 40 to 45 percent of the, the available exhibit hall space now we have a hundred percent of it. We've taken uh, the two edges of the of the hall. We've made that ticketing and line control, so we can have up to twenty thousand people in the building for the ticketing, rather than last time. You know, most of those people were lining up around the block, and uh, you know, for me, it was nice to have that happen one time. <laughs> 
because it looks cool and it it, it it was it was a it showed the success of the event to have that I don't want to see that happen again I want people to get into the the hall I want them to be able to have their experience not standing in line you know I know people made fun you know they had a good time in the line they made it fun but it's still it's, it's something I I don't like to see I want to see people get in and have a good time and so that was that that's the number one thing that we've focused on is logistics and how do we work with that many people and especially now that we're expecting you know upwards of 50 percent more people attending this event and maybe more than that it's hard, hard to know uh, one thing about the Saw Palace it is a great facility it's not far behind as far as capacity far far behind what uh, San Diego has so the Saw Palace capacity is, is actually amazing so um, that that's the number one thing is just focusing on getting people where they need to be and not have to be standing in lines like they like they did last time. Well, that's a well. I'm sorry. I have a question for Dan about that. I mean, obviously, it's. I don't think it's just enough to uh, create this area where people can stand in line uh, while they're waiting for tickets. Is there anything that you're going to be doing to help streamline the streamline the speed of the ticketing process to either get more people to pick up their tickets during pre-registration or to be able to hand you know sell those tickets faster while people are in line on the day of? Is there anything that you can speed that up? Well, um, absolutely. We've done a lot. We, we have more, first of all, more booths for people to get their tickets. But part of the problem isn't necessarily, last time wasn't just getting their, their wristbands, was, but was actually just getting into the hall. And we've opened up a lot more doors, or we will open up a lot more doors this time. Mm -hmm. And also your partners over at Media One, who are our partners as well, they've created a, an amazing ticketing system that's going to allow people to... to uh, you know, bring their iPhones if they need to, or they print something out, and then we are going to be doing stuff the day before where people can pick up their wristbands early. Okay, well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff on your website. Um, uh, finally, I, I guess, are you a kindred spirit, Dan Farr? I mean, do you consider yourself a geek? And if so, what do you geek out on? I, I geek out on Halloween decorations. I, I'm one of the, you know, Halloween's really big here in Utah, and I, uh, about four years ago, I joined the Rocky Mountain Haunters Association, so uh, I was part of that group, and it, it's, it's, it's fun, so I, I, uh, I'm a fan of all the, the comic book genre films, too, and, and the, uh, you know, Harry Potter, all that stuff. I, I love all that, but I'd say when I go extreme, if you, if you saw my garage and you asked my wife, she would tell you that I am, I'm a nut when it comes to Halloween. Uh, are you looking forward to any one person at the fan experience? Um, not in particular because there's too many. I mean, there, I, I'm, there are a lot of people that I haven't met before and there's other people that I have met briefly and I look forward to seeing them again. So um, I, I, there's no one in particular because they all kind of fall in that category of people that I, I would like to see. Vince, I'll give you the last word. Well, I think it's very exciting. I'm an original Star Trek, original Star Trek series geek. Yeah. Uh, forget the movies. I'm sorry. Forget the latter movies. Forget Next Gen. Original Star Trek geek. Uh, I think it's really exciting. You know, having seen William Shatner last year was great. 
you know, it's a lot of fun. It's 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 great for families too. I think, uh, and, you know, it's just the crowds are really nice. Uh, there, everybody is really welcoming, and everybody is really nice to each other. And again, they all short, sort of share this collective experience uh, of enjoying this kind of stuff. And it's great to be there for three days. My kids absolutely adored it. So I think uh, it's going to be another great uh, session this year. I'm sure. All right. Vince Horiuchi, Dan Farr. Thanks, gentlemen, very much for the time. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And more on the Fan Experience event happening April 17th through the 19th on our website, sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for tuning in to Trip Talk today. We'll see you next time.